Welcome back to Considerations from the Capitol from the Deeper Dive Podcast. My name is Bill Winnell. As always, joined by Father Larry Swink. Good morning, Father. Hey, good morning, Bill. Today's Sunday of the 28th week in Ordinary Time and also the Feast of St. Teresa of Jesus. Uh, Father will reflect on today's Gospel from St. Matthew. Jesus again in reply spoke to the chief priests and elders of the people in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. His dis- he dispatched his servants to summon the invited guests to the feast, but they refused to come. A second time he sent other servants, saying, Tell those invited, Behold, I have prepared my banquet. My calves and fattened cattle are killed, and everything is ready. Come to the feast. Some ignored the invitation and went away, one to his farm, another to his business. The rest laid hold of his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged and sent his troops destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The feast is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy to come. Go out, therefore, into the main roads, and invite to the feast whomever you find. The servants went out into the streets and gathered all they found, bad and good alike, and the hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guest, he saw a man there not dressed in a wedding garment. The king said to him, My friend, how is it that you came in here without a wedding garment? but he was reduced to silence. Then the king said to his attendants, bind his hands and feet and cast him into the darkness outside where there will, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Many are invited, but few are chosen. Father. All right. So we have, uh, I guess if you would name uh, today's meditation, there's a big party coming. Are you going? And uh, our Lord gives us this uh, familiar gospel of this a delightful feast. And then we see these deterring responses and there were some dress code violations. So first is the delightful feast. It said the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. He dispatched his servants to summon the invited guests to the feast. So the first thing we have to identify, you know, anytime we have to pray over scriptures, what is the the literal, what is the feast? Well, the feast is is several things, but the wedding feast, I guess, in totality is which the king, which is uh, God the Father prepared for his son and the son's bride, is an image of the everlasting happiness that the eternal father has prepared for the members of the church, the mystical bride of his son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and um, the people that rejected the first group that uh, rejected the offer were the Israelites, the Jewish people. Uh, those invited first were the Jews who imprisoned the Apostle Peter, five times scourged the Apostle Paul, and killed both John the Baptist and James the Greater that were inviting them to the feast. And as a punishment for their outrageous rebelling, the city of Jerusalem, as Jesus prophesied in today's parable, was destroyed in 70 AD. It was burned to the ground. Um, so <clears throat> that is so the, the, the feast is uh, an invitation to heaven. It's the church, and it's also um, the Eucharist, and and in essence, it's just a relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ, which we would think that, wow, what an invitation, uh, that we've been given this invitation to go to this beautiful feast. Well, why do people not go? Well, we see these deterring excuse, responses and these excuses, and it says some ignored the invitation and went away. One to his farm, another the business. The rest laid hold of his servants, retreated them, and killed them. 
And the excuses are farm business and just basic basic uh, hatred. Um, the farm and business are good things, but in this, these these are the same excuses I think that people give today for not going to church, which is still a mortal sin if you if one does this with full knowledge and full consent of the will. And I think also these are reasons that people don't pray well or pray daily uh, to try to get to get the graces necessary to go to heaven. People say, I had a hard week. I need one day to sleep in. Well, that's Saturday. Uh, but even today, you can go to Sunday night masses in most places. There's at least one or two around in most counties. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting that they go to the farm and business. And it's interesting how parents will drive their kids all around the country for a kid's soccer game at the age of nine. Yet they won't bring the same kids to church or teach them how to pray. And what we see here is this sort of refusal to go to this feast um, or want to go to what really counts, which is sanctity. And what is the lamest excuse we give for not praying? Well, we don't have time. Well, no, it's we made ourselves too busy for God, essentially. And remember, busy means being under Satan's joke. Uh, well, I didn't have time. Well, all right, let me see your screen time on your phone. Uh, I would beg to differ. So it's we know this. There's no excuse, which is a good enough excuse, to not go to the feast. And lastly, what's the garment? There's a dress code violation. The servants went out in the streets and gathered all they found bad and good alike, and the hall was filled with guests. But the king came in to meet the guest. He saw a man there not dressed in a wedding garment. And the king said to him, "My friend, how is it that you came here without a wedding garment?" And man, that guy was just thrown out, you know, into basically hell you know but what went wrong well it's i mean yeah one way is you could say he showed up to church in jeans and a t-shirt but that's not really what we're talking about here it's he was missing the garment saint gregory the great he answers the question what is the what what kind of clothes ought he have been wearing and i quote he says all those who are gathered in the church have received the new garment of baptism and faith otherwise they would not be in church so what was it that he was still lacking? What wedding clothes must there be in addition? Answers the clothes of love and charity. Uh, remember, we're baptized. The deacon or a priest said to our parents, or remember with your, ba your baby, when you had your baby baptized, if you're a parent, and says, you have become a new creation and clothe yourself in Christ. Seeing this white garment, the outward sign of your Christian dignity, with your family and friends to help you by word and example, bring that dignity unstained into the everlasting life of heaven. So we were given a garment, and these are the clothes of love. God's love is inside of us. Faith, hope, and love, the theological virtues, but also we call that sanctifying grace. That is inside of us, that we are clothed internally with God's love, and that is only vanquished through mortal sin. So obviously this man was not in the state of grace. He had committed some sin, that was serious, that destroyed as mortal, as it's defined in the catechism, mortal sin destroys charity in the heart of man by a grave violation of law. It turns man away from God. So he's not in the state of grace. And so the lesson for us is we want to go to heaven. If we want to partake of the Eucharist, if we want to have love in our hearts and to be in this intimate relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ, we have to be freed of mortal sin and have the garment in us. Mm. So, um, the Pope said this, uh, we say to all Catholics in our country, don't be afraid to go to confession where you meet Jesus who forgives you. And I would add where he gives you back your garment. So if you show up to the party and you got the wrong outfit on, just quickly 
um, exchange your garment for the garment of Christ, which we can receive in confession. And then we can partake in the Eucharist, have this intimate relationship with Jesus Christ inside of us. And also, if we're to die, go to heaven. God bless.